You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Corey Munson, coming to you live from Iowa, and I'm joined, as always, by Liam Madigan-Fried down in Houston, Texas. Uh, Our co-host, Aaron, is out hunting in the wilderness or possibly hiding from the government. We're not really sure. I guess we'll find out in his biopic here in a decade or so. (laughs) Hey, Liam, how was your week? Uh, You know, it was definitely really good. Uh, I was able to attend the uh, Houston Sabercats versus Austin Blacks this Saturday, uh, while simultaneously watching on my phone the uh, Free Jacks take on Rooney, which was definitely a good experience. I'd love to see my guys up there in Boston do well. Um, and I also got to sample a little bit more of this uh, Texas barbecue that they, you know, they warned me how good it was going to be, but I truly didn't know how good it was going to be. Uh, you know, so definitely good week, good week. Yeah, so apparently the barbecue is good then. I mean, Texas oh. knows how to make their barbecue. Oh, fuck yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, things are good here. It should be an interesting show tonight with Aaron gone. It's kind of like uh, him leaving us here is like leaving the uh, inmates to run the asylum. But it's kind of like when the kid in class who does, is always constantly raising his hand is absent for that one day and the quiet kid in the back actually has the chance to shine. But in reality, it's just kind of me, you know getting to talk a little bit more and everybody loves that don't they <laughs> this actually could be a beautiful thing we'll or it's gonna be a disaster we'll see right. Find out. for those of you new to the podcast uh like i said we're earful of dirt uh we do this every single monday night or at least most of them where we discuss news rumors and all the dirt on major league rugby the united states professional rugby union It's a chance for us to look at the issues, hear from the league, players, and team leadership, and to check in with our friends from across the U.S. rugby scene. So, uh, Liam, you're going to go ahead and tell us what we got coming up this episode. So, we don't have a whole lot to go on today, guys, but we still got a pretty good show for you. So, we're going to start it off by talking about the USA Dubai Sevens, uh, where we finished silver just behind New Zealand. You know, then we're going to talk about, as I mentioned, my hometown Free Jacks taking on Rooney and what was a really highly contested match that just went back and forth all day. The Sabercats went to Austin and simply rolled over the Blacks. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We got a few transactions. And then, as always, we got questions from Bob, thanks to the good people on Reddit. So, uh, Corey, how about we started off talking about, about the Dubai Sevens? Did you watch a whole lot of it? I uh, did not watch a whole lot of it. Uh, but from what I read about afterwards, um, I'm calling this, instead of the Dubai Sevens, I'm going to be calling this what could have been if New Zealand didn't exist. <laughs> Dude. What could have been if New Zealand had not existed is possibly USA Gold in this situation. But instead, we'll settle for silver. Uh, yeah, so on the weekend, um, USA did really, really well. We beat Spain 29-0. Uh, we took out Wales 32-12 and then uh, lost to New Zealand 24-7. This is all on Friday. Saturday, we took out Fiji 24-14. We went 22-17 over Australia. That was a close one. Um, and then in the championship, lost to New Zealand again 21-5. to 
So uh, that put New Zealand in first place with the gold. Us was the silver, and England took the bronze in that one. I don't know. Liam, you watched some of this. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts? So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch as much of this uh, tournament as I would have liked to. I have this really bad habit of falling asleep late at night. Uh, meanwhile, the two people that I'm living with, uh, you know, Coach Paul Emmerich and Darrell Williams, a member of the uh, Sabercats Academy, they were up at all hours of the night watching, and I can hear them definitely having a good time. So from what I observed, however, Danny Baird is my guy, and he continues to be a force on this USA 7 team. He is a consistent workhorse. I see him involved in just as many rucks uh, as, in, as, as uh, instances in which he has the ball in hand, both of which he's actually making a strong impact. Uh, how P Perry Baker is another person who, you know, despite his big name and like in his very well-known speed, I think he had a very underrated tournament. Uh, the guy remains consistent uh, in remaining an option to his teammates whenever uh, the ball is getting passed around. You know, he can be that playmaker on the outside consistently, and he has been for many years now. However, one exp one thing I want to say, though, is with how much money we put into sevens every single year, especially at the expense of our 15s team, we should be winning gold. Or at the very least, we should be standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with New Zealand and not taking consolation in the fact that we didn't get shut out by them. We're taking out countries like Australia, Wales, uh, you know, and Fiji, all of whom are very well known uh, in the rugby community, particularly Fiji. I mean, how do you beat those guys at sevens with the skills that they have? We were able to do it. I don't know. I don't know why we can't apply the same principles of how we win games like that to New Zealand. It's unfortunate, but I think we're on the right track to being able to beat them. But I just don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Like I said, especially with all the money that's actually gone into the sevens program at the expense of our 15s. Well, you know, and I, I think uh, for better or for worse, I think the Olympics have had a lot to do with <laughs> uh, investment in sevens as well. And so I, I realize it's at the expense of the national team, but I also think just for the game in general, it's not necessarily a bad thing having uh, a form of rugby become popular and successful. And I, so I imagine it can only help, you know, lead people to the 15s, theoretically, if, uh, you know, if the, if the sevens team is doing well and getting notoriety. Well, looking at it that way, that's definitely positive, is, yet, is that, yes, some of the exposure um, that has been able to get, particularly with the World Cup happening in San Francisco very recently, yeah, it can turn some heads towards rugby. However, I just don't, I just don't see the long-term uh, the, the, you know, the, the long-term benefits as much in putting all this money into sevens. Whereas our 15s team were ranked number 12. It's the highest ranking that we've had in years. And we've been doing it very, very gradually. And I think that rise can take a lot, you know, faster of a step, uh, have a lot more fast, uh, faster ascension. If we start focusing our, focusing our money on 15s, get that developed that we, that we need, hire the coaches that we need to, to have these clinics be able to bring in more players from overseas, uh, you know, get their eligibility up uh, like through the MLR so that we can be able to put them on our national team. Uh, you know, it's a long process, but I think that we, you know, we might need to realign our priorities when it comes to how we allocate money here in USA rugby. And, you know, I think, it, you know, no offense to anybody that plays sevens, no offense to anybody that's a fan of sevens. However, I think with the way that our country is moving and the way that MLR is turning heads towards 15s rugby, this is probably where our interest should lie. I think that's a fair argument, and I think uh, the existence of MLR is proof that 15s is a viable format in the U.S. So, 
Uh, speaking of 15s, uh, there is some exhibition action. Uh, you mentioned that in the rundown here. But, uh, yeah, uh, Rooney, Rugby United New York, traveled up to Boston to face the Free Jacks. Uh, yeah, so from what, what I was reading, it sounds like there was about 200 in attendance uh, at the match that day. And they said that start time temp was about 40 degrees, which by my estimation is actually pretty good for Boston in December. Uh, and Rooney ended up beating the Free Jacks 38 to 35. So it was close. It was real close. Um, but at least from my perspective, I think it's a good thing that Rooney won uh, simply because they've got to start in MLR next month. And Free Jacks still have a year before they're supposed to be uh, joining up. And so I would hope that Rooney's able to win at this point, uh, you know, just a few weeks out from when they're going to the big show. So I don't know. What were your thoughts on the match, Liam? So first first off, I think that's a really good point to make is that, yeah, Rooney should be winning these matches, especially when they're about to enter the MLR. So I guess I'll take some solace in that. But uh, really... First off, to begin, I want to congratulate whoever runs Rooney's social media. Uh, there was a lot of responsible shit-talking going on in the lead-up to this match. It didn't really ever go too far, but there was a lot of mentions uh, of the term beat up on Boston. And if you really want to beat up on somebody, you're going to have to beat them by more than three points. And you're going to have to do it by not trading tries constantly. And when I say trading tries, I mean these teams traded tries like 90s kids with Pokemon cards. They matched points like a faithful couple on a credit score. Dude, they went shot for shot like my first ever rugby party with the seniors, and I still don't know how I ended up in that ravine that night. But, however, my point remains the same. This Boston team is not far away from being a legitimate contender, as some people actually think. They have a force and tag leader at fly half. They have a great defensive-minded uh, minded hooker in Diego Maquiera. And what every Boston team needs, they have a local boy work workhorse veteran in the form of Steve Dasso. Cherry on top, legendary coach Josh Smith. He's, he's got two uh, D1 championships, and I think he's going to bring that same tenacity to the MLR. But what I really want to uh, you know, push to people, there's a guy named Danny Collins, Boston's fullback. Now, soaking wet, this kid might be 160 pounds. But if you ask, if he, but if you ask his teammates, just like I have, they'll tell you that there's nobody who puts their body on the line the way that this kid's does does in, in games, and that was exemplified by a huge open field tackle uh, that he had on Michael St. Clair. And plus, the kid's from fucking Southie. You don't get any tougher than that shit. So watch out for Danny Collins. Watch out for this Free Jacks team because they are not a joke. Uh, especially, um, I think that game against Rooney proved that. Yeah, I uh, I think I saw I think I saw a uh, documentary on uh, that part of Boston one time. It was called um, Goodwill Hunting, I think. Yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> he's from Southie. Yeah, you <laughs> like dim apples. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So I don't know. I think this is uh, getting back to the match itself. I think this is more about uh, what Boston is building. Uh, than anything, I was I was actually uh, really impressed, I, not so much with the kit itself, but definitely with the play on the field, <laughs> uh, what they were putting down there. Um, I thought that there was a lot to be excited about, and uh, just the fact that they do have a we're a year out from them joining, uh, that they were able to put together this level of play this far out, very encouraging. So you know we get some of the guys uh, to go out on loan for. Uh, this season, come back with just that much more experience. Um, 
it's going to be nothing but good things for Boston. So they they really proved that they. I mean, honestly, they could walk into the MLR in January and maybe not be necessarily a contender, but definitely make a mark. Uh, I am. They they would compete. They, they would, would compete. compete absolutely. And uh, in regards to your comment about the kits, though, I would say that Boston's kit vastly improved uh, from their match against Toronto. And uh, whereas Rooney, uh, what happened to the uh, to the exhibition uniforms from last season? The uh, the orange and the blue, because th- that this black and white stuff. I don't I don't know. I didn't think it meshed well. Yeah, it's not really going with their kind of color palette either. It's a little confusing. I mean, maybe somebody noticed that they totally copied the color scheme from the Albany Empire. Uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> hey, um, related to that, what did you think of the – I was actually – I guess I was surprised that they were able to stream it. Uh, that was a really nice surprise. Um, and you know, it was, certainly wasn't perfect, but I think all things considered, I was very pleased with being able to watch that remotely. Yeah, same here. You know, um, however, for those that you know that for that have uh, gone to a game in Boston or who have watched Mystic River play, there are two options um, for fields uh, for you know the the sports park in Weymouth where the game actually took place, or uh, Pine Banks Park in Malden. Neither of them have any high ground uh, for you know a camera or Obi Wan Kenobi to stand on, and neither one of them have any bleachers. Uh, so. It, it, you were going to get probably, you know, one or the other, the same sort of result. But like you said, it was great that they were able to live stream it. And it was great that they were still able to get a crowd uh, at the game who was totally into it, despite the fact that there wasn't uh, any real bleachers for them to sit on. Uh, it is a good facility in terms of the field quality, uh, but they should definitely look into uh, other, other places to play when it comes to MLR 2020. Absolutely. Well, they got a little time to work on it. So definitely. Uh, the other exhibition match this weekend was uh, Sabercats traveling to Austin to face off against the Blacks. So this is not AER. This is uh, uh, D1, I believe, right? Uh, D1 yes. outfit. Um, you were there. So uh, tell us about it. Tell us all about it. So this game was – is my microphone on? Oh, yes, it is. Sorry. <laughs> so I just want to say this game was a fucking doozy. Now it was kind of a combination of a rust off match and a development of a de- and a developmental opportunity for the young guys. Uh, you know, first in terms of SaberCat veterans, we saw scores uh, from Joshua Beatty, Malachi Esdale, Connor Murphy, Alex Elkins, along with a huge day kicking from uh, a very funny dry guy by the name of Zach Pangalan. And shout out to you, Zach. I'll remember. But uh, with the starters in, they look like a team that's ready to take the next leap. Uh, you know, the line speed was way ahead of where I would expect them uh, to be uh, at this early in the season. And when they got into a proper rhythm, this team was fucking impossible to stop when they were working the ball up the middle. On their one drawback that I really got to criticize, though, is these goddamn no-look passes. I fucking hate this shit in rugby. Look where you're passing. I, I get that, you know, when people watch the Fijians play, and they make it look easy. But here in the United States, we have a little bit to go until we can until we have enough players who can consistently do that. Until then, look where you're fucking passing. But uh, you know, I, I, I do definitely want to get into the good things about this game. I was really impressed, in particular, by Joshua Vitti and Connor Murphy. Like over the offseason, Vitti hasn't lost a freaking step, and by which I mean his footwork going into contact is as balanced as, as and as precise as it as it is in the open field. Meanwhile, Connor Murphy, a.k.a. Toad, he looks he looks ready to continue his ascent as it to being probably one of the best scrum halves in this country. 
And when I say that, I mean that this kid was making great decisions and he was delivering nice crisp passes, uh, you know, and he was putting his teammates in a position to do well whenever they got the ball. Now, to kind of end out my take on this match, we had seven Academy slash West Houston Lion players uh, who were at this game playing in front of Coach Fitzpatrick to try to earn their way uh, to a contract. Uh, those people included Darrell Williams, Enrique Montano, Irvin Cruz, Jackson Slater, Irvin Carcamo, Liam Scott, and uh, Sid Sokobi. One person I really got to point out uh, out of that group, Enrique Montano. Dude is mad funny. He likes to talk his shit, but he's a really good guy and a really good rugby player. He can move really well for his size, and he doesn't give up any kind of power when he does either because he can still lay a hit on a motherfucker whenever he wants. Uh, he was able to secure a try uh, from inside the five using that same power, and I think the uh, the Lions and the Sabercats have a really good player going forward on this one. Excellent. Uh, so as they're kind of dust or dusting this, dusting themselves off a little bit off after 2019 or 2018, are you seeing uh, – any improvements or any places where the Sabercats are really uh, making adjustments to kind of compensate for what happened last season? Well, the one place I've seen them really working to improve upon is the lineouts. Now, unfortunately, Lindsey Stevens and Diego Macchiera are both uh, out, out from the squad. Um, and that, that, that's definitely one of the steps that they've taken uh, to trying uh, to try to change this team. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach Fitzpatrick is trying to mix it up in the scrum and make sure that these lineouts are a lot tighter and a lot more efficient because a lot of possessions were lost, uh, you know, last, last season. And, you know, as we know, a lot of uh, the Sabercat games came down to losing by less than seven points at, at, uh, at a few, at a few times during the season, especially to Utah and to, uh, and to uh, the NOLA goal. So I, I believe that that's definitely one point of emphasis that Justin Fitzpatrick would like to focus on going into this season to make sure that they're not losing opportunity to score like they were last season. And that's absolutely true. And I think that's one thing we talked about at length was Sabercats were just so close all the time, but you know, all for just a, a try or try or two extra. And, you know, it would have been a different, different outcome. So hoping for good things, hoping for good things from them. One of the things we always like to hit on is transactions and boy, oh boy, do we have some big moves this week? Holy cow. Oh so, Yeah. We need I to get some theme music for transactions, right? Transactions. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to hit on a coach uh, coach announcement first off. Uh, Rooney, our friends in New York, announced Tiffany Fei as assistant coach. Uh, now this is this is a big hire. Not you know not least of which because of her gender, but also because uh, Tiffany's just fantastic from everything that I've heard. Um, she's captained, she was captain of the uh, Eagles uh, 2017 World Cup squad. Uh, she retired shortly after the World Cup last year. Uh, and then she was hired on as head coach of Monroe College for both the men's and women's side rugby teams. So her credentials are impeccable. She's uh, already made the transition from player to coach. Um, and I think she's going to bring a lot of uh, a lot of energy to Rooney, a lot of perspective that maybe uh, some other players on the men's side don't have. Uh, so I think she, there's nothing but good good things coming from that direction. Plus, it never hurts to, you know, kind of make the news to get a little buzz. I mean, ESPN picked up this story. It was a big deal. Um, so always love to get that get that coverage and 
And thankfully, in this instance, uh, the coverage was deserved because of the talent, not because of their her gender. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that, Liam? Or, Well, you know, you know me, uh, you know, proud Massachusetts liberal. So I'm always down for, uh, you know, uh, for, for, for people spreading the message of equality. And like you said, this really it wasn't about her gender. She has the credentials to be a professional coach in rugby. And there's no reason uh, why, you know, she shouldn't have been considered. So great hire uh, by Rugby United New York. Really proud of you guys. Uh, and I love the direction that uh, Rooney uh, is moving in with that one. Uh, now, on my side of the transactions, uh, the San Diego Legion confirmed today that Ryan Matias uh, will be returning to the team. As well this week, Matthew Truville and Osea Kalinasau were confirmed to be uh, uh, returning to the Houston Sabercats, as well as Bobby Johns has been confirmed to uh, be returning to the NOLA Gold. Now, in terms of nuke transactions, we have Chris Martina uh, uh, signing with Rooney, Dan Moore coming over from Europe uh, to Toronto, Michael Al-Jabori, uh, who was a former player with the Denver Stampede, is signing uh, with Glendale, along with the biggest signing of this offseason, Hunko Hammerscheiss, I told myself I wasn't going to fuck his name up. Hunko Hammerscheiss is signing with Glendale. Um, this was this was first reported by Pat Clifton uh, before it was officially con- confirmed by either Hunko's camp or by Glendale. However, it's now been uh, revealed to be true. Way to go on that one, Pat. Uh, you know, this is a huge development because Glendale, uh, they started to fall off towards the end of last season because there was – some alleged fitness problems, uh, you know, along with along coupled with injuries. Hunko, meanwhile, is a is a dude with a nonstop engine. Uh, he's great with the ball in hand. He's a great defensive uh, player. This is only going to be beneficial for the Raptors. Uh, Michael Aljabori, uh, another really good player. He made an impact with the uh, Stampede early in, earlier uh, in their season. So I think that's going to be a great addition. He's a uh, native uh, Denver rugger. I believe he played with the Barbos. Uh, so, yeah, definitely good on Glendale for adding some uh, talent from both afar and from local. Glenn, you know, there were some questions about Glendale um, coming out of the end of last season, going into this season. But damn it, if they didn't step up and and uh, buy their way to some more real talent. I mean, my goodness, uh, I just love walking, watching Honko every single time he's on the field. I mean, and the combo between him and Harley uh, Davidson, I think, is going to. Oh, definitely. Very and, dynamic. And honestly, if, if you had to ask yourself who are two of the most potentially marketable people in MLR, Harley Davidson and Hunko have to be at the top of that list. I agree. Just from talent, from personality to the you know production, it's it's just gonna look the perfect storm. Let's get these guys on the cover of a couple magazines. Yeah, absolutely. Denver, you're it's your job now. Let's let's make this thing happen. Move. All right. The other thing we like to do is take some questions from Bob. Uh, we get these off of Reddit, our our favorite platform in the world, and, and Liam's personal playground for all the memes. <laughs> uh, so uh-huh. this, this week we are taking a shout-out from Charlie Mallon, and he'd like to know, why have we not heard anything from Utah and San Diego about roster moves? Should their silence concern us about their viability for the upcoming season? Well, the only concern that I would personally have uh, regarding that observation is whether or not they forgot their password to log in to uh, Facebook and 
Twitter and stuff like that. However, there have been a number of other posts to do with other going-ons of USA Rugby, so we know that's not the case. Uh, however, Utah did confirm this week uh, via a post on social media that they have entered camp, and I have heard from a number of other people um, in the within the league that the San Diego Legion also started practices uh, down there on the on the uh, south coast of California. So, no, don't don't be concerned. I believe you know both these teams will be entering the MLR in 2019. They are going to be fielding a roster. Uh, you know, we might not. 100% know what the makeup of those rosters will be. Uh, we did this to confirm that Ryan Matias will be returning to the San Diego Legion, and he's definitely a stalwart presence and a veteran presence on that team. So, yeah, no, don't don't be concerned. Shit's happening. Just calm your britches and get ready to watch some rugby. Fair. Never underestimate. I mean, we uh, we, we pretty much gave up on Seattle uh, before the beginning of last season. We saw how that ended up for us. So <laughs> don't get too worried yet. Okay, uh, the second question of the night, and uh, we discussed this at length, how to pronounce this, and so I'm just going to fail right now. I'll just say Mario Suriam. Suriam I thought it was pronounced Absidy. Oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, wants to know, which MLR team is ending 2019 with the wooden spoon? Oh, boy. So this is our time to go ahead and uh, declare a loser and then be completely wrong in a few months. Yeah, straight up. Um, so the difficult part about this question is you're going to piss somebody off, you know. So go go right ahead. Come at me on Twitter, on Reddit. Uh, however, I'm going to go with the Utah Warriors. Uh, you know, again, <laughs> kind of going back to the last question, their lack of, uh, you know, significant updates on social media concerns me about whether or not they're going to be returning any of their more uh, productive players to their roster. And also there was just a point last season where they, I, th I thought they were one of the most boring teams in the MLR. Um, obviously, you know, that, that changed that they started to make, uh, you know, a shot at a playoff push at the end of last season. Uh, however, I just don't see this team as being extra spectacular. I've seen the changes going on here in Houston and how they're adjusting. And I really believe that that team's going to make a push, uh, you know, from being at the bottom of the barrel. You know, obviously, we it's a little harder to uh, gauge how Toronto and Rooney are going to do, but just based on the makeup of their rosters alone, uh, I wouldn't expect either of them to finish towards the bottom. So I would probably have to put it between Utah and perhaps maybe NOLA uh, to perhaps uh, end up end up at the bottom. Uh, you know, so yeah, that's what I'm going with. Don't hate me. Yeah, well, I'm going to piss off a state where uh, people carry guns at a, on a regular basis. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think Austin's going to finish at the bottom this year. Uh, yeah, I I was not impressed with what I saw on the field last year, and I have not seen much coming in the offseason that's exciting me so far. I'm ready to be completely wrong, but uh, right now I'm going to go ahead and put Austin down at the bottom of that bucket, so... We'll see what happens. Should be interesting. All right. Mark them down, man. <laughs> okay. So I think uh, in our truncated episode without Aaron, uh, apparently without Aaron talking, it only takes us half an hour to get through the news. Who what, knew? What do, what do I do with my life now? I Fucked? <laughs> well, one thing we can do is go ahead and take some uh, corrections from our fact checker, uh, Grant, over in the other room. <laughs> He wants us to know that it's not Michael, but it's actually Milan Aljabouri. Uh, my uh, bad, dude. So sorry. <laughs> sorry, Aljabouri. Uh, we apologize. Also, um, apparently it was not Pat who broke the news on Honko, but we're not sure who it was. 
So just not Pat. <laughs> so that's the facts. Also, your hat's ugly. Once oh, again, according to Grant. <laughs> I, I, I bet that's coming from Jen. I know you can hear me in the next room. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on our way out tonight? Uh, no, just that, uh, you know, MLR is coming. We're just, you know, just a little more than a month away right now. And uh, I'm having a fun time here in Houston. I'm really glad that I'm going to be get to go. I'm going to get to be on the front lines of watching, you know, an MLR team kind of, uh, you know, go about its day, go about its season. So uh, I think all of y'all should be excited as well. Fantastic. Uh, so just keep in mind that as we get to uh, the end of December here, we're going to take a little bit of a break for Christmas and New Year's and then come back in January for the start of the season. So be prepared for that. Uh, but ahead yeah. of that, uh, just, I do want to give a quick shout out to Dan Brown, uh, who helped us start this thing here back in 2017 and is still in our hearts as one of our co-founders. He got engaged last weekend. Uh, so congratulations, man. We're wishing you and Veronica nothing but happiness going forward. Yeah, dude. Way to be, Dan, man. Proud of you. So uh, with all that said, I guess uh, on our way out, I just want to say be sure to tune in next week. We will be back next Monday night here on YouTube. And the show will be available this Wednesday, next Wednesday, and most Wednesdays uh, available for download on your favorite podcast platform. If you like what we do, please subscribe both on YouTube and iTunes. That helps us get in front of uh, new folks. And be sure to share your own news, your views, and abuse for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're on all of those. Plus, you can come over and join us on Reddit. We're hanging out there at reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby. Otherwise, Facebook, Twitter, and Insta is just earful of dirt. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and get out there and watch some rugby. Thank you for listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can share your thoughts with us via our voicemail by calling 720-600-2679. We're live again next Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you then.